Welcome to Finding Middle Path, a podcast about all things DBT, dialectical behavior therapy, and the resources around it. I'm your host, Rachel Jolstrom, and I'm a licensed professional counselor in the Kansas City area. We see people in person and online in Missouri and in Kansas. If you want to find out how you can work with us, please visit us at findingmiddlepath.com. Now today we're going to be talking with Emily Keene, who is with Timberline Knowles, and they are a treatment facility in Chicago area. They are specifically DBT with a lot of additional resources, so I can't wait to talk more with Emily and hear more about Timberline Knowles, so stick with us. All right. Well, thank you everyone for joining us today. We have another guest on the show and what's really great is she is here to represent Timberline Knowles, which is a treatment facility in the suburbs of Chicago, uh, Illinois. And so I am so glad that, I mean, this is a big deal that we have TK on the show today. They are DBT specific. And the person we're speaking with today is Emily Keen, and she is an LPC, just like me. And I love that she even brought some swag this morning to like talk about how DBT intensive she is. So I can't wait to talk with her more about the program and also hear more about how they're, they're managing COVID and then even talk a little bit about you know, her time at TK and what she's seen as productivity. So thank you for joining us today, Emily. Thank you for having me. This is really exciting. Well, um, it's definitely, you know, in the time of COVID, we're definitely trying different things and it's, it does yeah. open up the realm of possibilities to talk with other people. Um, but yeah. tell us a little bit about TK. Timberline. So yeah. Yeah, Timberline Boulder, yeah, TK for short. Um, it's a residential, well, initially it's a, tra- a residential treatment facility for women and girls um, seeking recovery. And um, we are a co-occurring facility. So we see kind of the gamut of everything, um, primarily then just to be specific. So we see mood disorders, eating disorders. Um, we have a trauma-informed practice here. Um, substance abuse, um, and then certainly we're working with folks who have uh, suicidality and other self-injury behaviors that uh, we're working on managing and helping them uh, move towards in DBT or their meaningful life. And I 100% back that. I'm I'm sure a lot of our listeners know that that is uh, my goal and definitely your goal as a DBT practitioner wanting to get people to the life that they want to live a life worth living. And, uh, and for those of those, uh, those listeners listening, um, who don't know what a residential facility is, can you kind of fill them in as to what that is? Yeah. So residential living is, um, a, a bit of what it just sounds like. So we have five lodges on our campus. So we are on 43 acres. And so we have five lodges, um, and they kind of look like just big ranch homes, um, just one story. Um, and so you would kind of tie up things at home and come over to live with us for a little while. And so you are, I mean, it's like pack a bag and um, you're staying here for a little while. And then we provide um, housing and then programming and meals. And so you really do kind of submerge yourself into the recovery world 
um, and treatment that we're we're offering here. Um, right. That's what residential um, treatment would look like. We also do have a partial hospitalization program. And that's uh, semi-new, right? In the yeah, last few years? Is it, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so the, the name of it is a little misleading, but partial hospitalization, um, it has nothing to really do with the hospital. And it's actually a lower level of care than residential. Um, and so this is where folks are coming. Um, this is our, our PHP program is just adult women right now. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. And so we do offer housing. We, we have additional housing available on campus. Um, and so folks who maybe are a little further away or maybe not in a recovery environment or a sober environment, they can come still and kind of live on campus, not in the lodges. We have totally separate like residences for that. Um, and then they're, they, they can get bussed in and, and back and forth from, from programming. And then they're programming from about 8.30 to 3.00. Uh, every day wow. yeah. and we're over there um and just running groups and they have a therapist they see twice weekly psychiatry in-house um if they're here for an eating disorder we also are, are supporting that with nutrition and dietetic team um so so that's also what we have available and we also recently um are offering an iop program nice um, very nice three hours a day. Um, it doesn't offer psychiatry or the nutrition and dietetic component. We typically want somebody to be kind of getting back into um, their outpatient practice and, um, and stepping down um, in that way as well. That's great. That's great. Yeah. And it sounds like I, from what I remember about TK is there's quite a bit of different types of therapies you utilize, right? Yes. So yeah. what are those type of, they're all encompassing DBT, but a little yeah. bit different than just sit and talk and psychoeducation, yeah. right? Yeah. So at the residential level of care, we're offering dance movement therapy. We're offering um, art therapy, um, obviously a lot of psychoed classes. Um, we offer yoga. Um, and so we're just trying to really be able to, you know, work with the whole person. And we know that people are coming in with a lot of different um, abilities and challenges. And so, you know, somebody might come in totally, you know, I'm not an artist or I don't dance. And we're trying to actually just incorporate more uh, flexibility around just different interventions. Um, we also do offer rec therapy. So we have a rec therapy team as well. And they're nice. Um, working on uh, incorporating leisure play and, and recreational activity as it, you know, some folks don't ever let themselves do that when they're in their addiction. That's 100% true. And it's, it's definitely trying to get people to remember there's other life out there. Mm -hmm. There's other activities to do. Yeah. And so as you talked about addiction, it, you primarily, uh, there's a lot of advertising, of course, around the eating component and, and eating disorders, but like you said, co-occurring lots of, of, uh, trauma, right? In fact, that's one of your, your big components that you're consistently trauma informed, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Trauma informed care. Sure. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I, I was wondering how long is a typical stay with residential? Um, I've been away from the residential for a little bit here, but typically we see people for about 30 days. Okay. Um, 
any less than that, we're maybe not getting the interventions, um, you know, that we want and the goals, you know, met that we, we want to see happening within a shorter amount of time, but certainly a longer amount of time. We have folks who can stay here two months, three months. Wow. Um, very rare. Although in my time it, it has happened, we've had folks here for a year and that's really just a blessing that they've been able to. Absolutely. Absolutely. And y'all do accept insurance. Is that correct? We do yes. accept insurance, um, quite a variety and, um, uh, yeah, so we're just, I think pretty accessible. Um, just want to be as accessible as possible. Give that's, everybody a that's wonderful. Yeah. Well, and, and I love the, the campus is also beautiful. I mean, how many acres is it? 40 acres? 40. Yeah, 43 acres. And used to be an equestrian farm well, we, or? Yeah, we, we, well, we used to offer equine therapy because um, we do have some space for that. We don't do that anymore. Um, but actually, historically, this is an old limestone quarry. Gotcha. Um, okay. So if people come here, you can see kind of built up around the property or just kind of those huge, like stone, like, walls I guess you would say <laughs> but it's beautiful um, it's beautiful yeah, we have actually a small pond that is actually from the quarry that just has been essentially a man-made body of water um and that's really beautiful and I love yeah I love being able to walk around here throughout the all of the seasons offer something like really special that's wonderful well and how have y'all handled COVID because residential and and well all of the programs yeah, so it, I mean, we were just navigating it kind of on the fly with the rest of the world and the rest <laughs> of the healthcare field. Um, so, um, you know, just everybody has to wear masks. We, you know, put hand sanitizer in just about every corner that we could. could. <laughs> um, and there was, I mean, I, we had to adapt to that in terms of, you know, accepting new clients and, um, screening folks as they came in. Um, we were getting our temperature taken daily, but I was primarily a group therapist. So I was having to teach group with a mask on, which was oh. just really challenging in a lot of different yes. ways and physically and mentally and emotionally, just really challenging. Um, and I think that we were, I was joking with some residents at one point, like, they had never actually seen my whole face. And I think like at one point I took my mask down and they're like, oh my God, I've been here for three weeks and I've never seen your face. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so it, was, it was just really wild. Um, such a, I mean, I'm a very expressive person anyway. So I think just being mindful of my eye contact and like almost making my eyes communicate more of what I was trying to emphasize or something or- I bet. You know, being trauma-informed, we have to be really intentional about how we're showing up to folks. Um, you know, if I'm just like calmly, if I have a relaxed face, but my eyes look kind of just look very neutral, that might feel threatening to somebody. That's right. Um, so I think how we express ourselves from, you know, because of COVID and the precautions we've had to take, but also um, always considering that trauma-informed care. No, you're absolutely correct. And, uh, it, I would, I haven't even thought about the length of time and doing therapy and, and just having a lot of emotion and, in, in the circles, um, and also having to keep a mask on, um, mm -hmm. and, 
and are you requiring anyone new coming in be vaccinated or is there a policy? No, I'm, not, I'm not sure if we're requiring, I, okay. all staff have been encouraged to become vaccinated. Um, I'm not sure that we're requiring new clients, um, but certainly we're doing all of the health screenings and precautions. Okay. Um, and, you know, if, if needed, we took the measures to make sure that we contain folks that needed to be um, to take care of their health and things like that. And being mindful of, of just the whole staff and residents and just the whole community um, entirely. Yeah. Well, and, and what is exactly your role that you yeah. play every day at TK? Yeah. Yeah. So I like to just say I'm a group therapist by TK trade. Um, I was, <laughs> I was a, um, a behavioral health specialist when I first started working here. I was just fresh out of grad school. Um, and this was kind of my foot in the door. Um, and then I actually took over a DBT specialist role. Um, it was just a temporary position. Um, but then that individual, you know, came back very, very part-time. And so they offered me a full-time role. And wow. so thus was my initiation into DBT. <laughs> and I was a DBT specialist for a really long time and really just running groups, um, just group therapist, DBT specialist. Um, and then now I work over at the PHP level of care. Um, and I do see, I do facilitate a lot of the groups um, still. Um, and we, uh, I see a couple clients as well. So I really like, you know, having that balance again. Well, and, and so with the PHP, that's 18 and up, right? Yes. Correct. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so, um, I, I'm very curious, especially with, with throughout all of the skills. And of course, our subject that we've been talking about with many of our guests has been validation. Um, and, and you're just curious, how do you teach? And of course we have the DBT model and of course the worksheet, but how do you model that and teach that, uh, with a lot of your clients? Um, uh, in terms of validation, you know, it's, it's just always using the yes. And, you know, it's mm -hmm. the yes. And yes. And, um, and it's, it's funny because sometimes clients, when they're, you know, in the program for a little while, they, they'll comment and say like, I know all of you are teaching DBT because you all say yes. And <laughs> And then they become like the butt police, right? They're like, Tansi, you said butt. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, yeah. I mean, just in, I mean, I, I just am so always so curious about human nature. And so just always trying to understand somebody's perspective and where they're coming from, from their experience um, and to validate that it absolutely makes sense why you're doing what you're doing. Um, right given your experience. Um, and so the validation is just always to lead with curiosity and empathy and, and, and that magical word. And <laughs> it is very magical. There's very powerful indeed. Um, it, yeah. it, I think it, it falls within even that self uh, validation category, right? Uh, I'm allowed to fill both. So, um, it, it definitely is changing that thinking. W what yeah. other kind of modalities Oh, yes, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. I love that sticker. We've yeah. got to figure out where it came from. I I'll do some research and figure out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely a, a, yeah, a old, a, old client. She sent that to me in the mail. I got a kick out of it. 
Well, I, I definitely think it's, uh, it's very indicative of the, but right. Yeah. Like we're trying to get rid of that, but yeah, yeah but right. Mm-hmm. You know, those are, those are definitely the conversations that keep us in suffering. So, yeah. um, what other, what other kind of things have you noticed have been kind of your, your go-to as a DVT therapist? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's just a lot of, you know, mindfulness and gaining awareness of what my body is trying to tell me in ways that maybe, you know, from a trauma-informed lens that maybe a traumatic experience has compromised my ability to pay attention to what I'm feeling and distort what I'm thinking. And then how all of that just kind of compounds and and then how I act and respond to it. Right. So if I'm, um, no, even if I'm in, you know, session or group with somebody and I just, I'm practicing mindfulness just to observe their body language and their tone and like what's going on with them. Um, always working to, to slow down, right. We just need to slow down and we know, you know, when emotions start to take over, it, it ramps up very fast. And so absolutely working to slow down and slow down and slow down and and, into validating to that client, like slowing down might be really, really uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, um, in, you know, in DBT, we, we take the idea that I'm not going to do, I'm not going to ask my clients to do anything that I'm not willing to do myself. Right. Right. So if I notice I'm getting overwhelmed, I have to make that speakable. If I'm sitting with somebody who is getting overwhelmed and I want them to practice paced breathing, then I do that too. Um, and so I'm always modeling that behavior, um, directly and indirectly, right. It's group therapy. Conflict can happen. And if yes. everyone's eyes are on me to how is she going to handle this? Right. Um, so I have to be really mindful about, you know, I'm kind of on in the hot seat when, when I, when my clients are watching like, Oh man, what's she going to do? Right. Sorry. Um, well, no, you're absolutely correct. And, and I love that you have to model that and help, you know, conflict is healthy. It, yeah. it shows us that, um, again, there's something that needs to be discussed and, uh, we can be able to do this in a healthy manner. I think a lot of people really struggle with what does healthy conflict look like. And so what a great opportunity to model that within a group setting and also on the fly. Right. I'm sure there's a lot of practice that has to happen with that. So, um, but I, I, I love that y'all are, are definitely integrating so much DBT. I I can't remember, do you have EMDR therapist or is that something that y'all do ever? We do, we do have um, some therapists who are trained independently. um, If that's just something that they wanted to pursue Um, a little while ago, we did offer a training on it. I think like just an introductory training for some therapists. Um, But we do, for sure, we have one therapist on staff that is, can do EMDR. Mm -hmm. (coughs) Well, wonderful. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. We also, I mean, we do, we do also work with ACT. Um, so there's, we, we work and use some, some ACT in, in our um, interventions. We do a lot more ACT groups over at PHP. That's right. That's right. So the ACT piece is also something um, that is very well interweaved with DBT as well. And, and can yeah. you kind of just give people a brief introduction to ACT therapy? 
Yeah. So ACT is acceptance and commitment therapy. Um, it takes the modality, you know, the idea of mindfulness and um, being engaged in, in touch with the present moment, just in a way that DBT also speaks. Um, and what I really like about ACT is that it's incorporating, a, a, you know, focusing on what are my goals and values, right? Given that I value, you know, X, how does that actually going to inform my behavior and my my commitments? Um, and so that can pair really nicely with DBT talking about the dialectic, right? Yes. And so if I value, you know, mental health and I know that this person in my life is actually really invalidating, um, you know, DBT would say, maybe this person has to be in my life for whatever reason. And I can choose to set boundaries because ACT would say I value my mental health and healthy boundaries is, is something that I'm committed to doing. So they can really be married in a really nice way. Yes. Um, yeah. Like, I like, I like that where I'm able to talk a little bit more about ACT in, in the PHP program as well. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So what, what are some of your go-to resources that you typically give to clients or, um, uh, even whenever they're graduating the program and, and they just need resources to, to look back on, what are some of your go-tos? Yeah. So in uh, residential, our, all of our residents, they get a binder with, um, and then they can keep like in groups where hand, we're, we're giving handouts. So it's, it's, we're using a lot of this, the manual, the stuff from the DBT um, resource. Which, which one do you use? Is it the, the spiral bound? Yeah. The spiral okay. bound one. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Yes. Um, so we print that off and then they can, you know, take notes and throw that in their binder. Um, and then we were, we were giving folks the, the whole book over in PHP. We're not doing that anymore. It's just a lot of paper, yes. um, but I would always refer people, you know, if we're giving you these handouts from the spiral bound book, like do yourself a favor and, and get the manual. Yeah. Um, Cause I, I mean, I've even learned a lot of DBT just by reading the manual. Absolutely. Tells you what to say and, and things to reflect on. So first and foremost, obviously the, the DBT. Um, manual is, is, is essential. Um, I actually had a, some, a group the other day, they, um, cause we were talking about the distress tolerance skills and, you know, when it's really hard to think of a skill when you're in that moment and yes. you, you want to do it right. And you want to feel better. And you're like holding your breath, trying to just like not mess up. Um, so somebody recommended, there's an app called tiny decisions. Um, and basically it's just like a little wheel you can create Oh, um, and then you can like throw on all your distress tolerance skills on there and you just, the app is that oh. you hit the wheel and it spins it and it'll say, you know, go do 10 jumping jacks or go, you know, take a walk for five minutes. That's awesome. Um, it just takes the thinking out of that, you know, crisis moment. So that's something that I've really been recommending, um, to people as well. Um, and um, and then, you know, if I just even say you can go on Google and just type in DBT and you're going to find thousands of things, even yes. Amazon, you can go on and you're going to find all the books. Yes. All the things. Yes. Yeah. We, I'm sure, I'm sure you're very familiar with even the deck of cards. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Those are things we refer to often as well. Yeah. And 
say if you don't know again it's kind of like the tiny wheel just just pick from the card deck yes yeah. so, mm -hmm. so um but you're absolutely correct i love that idea that is not something i'd heard of and so and I, I definitely can't wait to try that out and even i've got some experienced dbt therapy or clients who i i can't wait to discuss that with them and and yeah. have them give it a try so yes. i think it'll be a game changer for a lot of people so it's called tiny decisions right yeah. okay I'm excited. We'll even put a link in our blog. So, you know, all the great, the great resources. Is there anything else new that TK is doing that you want to just kind of uh, sum up or, or give us a, a little tag or just say they're wonderful and yeah. <laughs> great resource? We're getting into fall and it's really one of my most favorite seasons here is just like we have a lot of really old trees. And so I just I know I'm not over here as much, but walking around campus during the fall was, was awesome. Um, and you know, with that, if, if things start to kind of open up a little bit, we offer DBT and family. We used to have visit visiting hours on the weekend. So we would allow family members to come, um, over the weekend and, um, not stay on campus, but just do a visitation. Right. Um, and then we were offering DBT and family. So that is something that I hope we can see in the next year coming back. Yes. Because, um, you know, it's it's one thing to teach everybody here DBT, but they have to work extra hard to try to read. Yes. Family, so, yes, absolutely. Um, that was really uh, something that I loved to be able to do. Um, so I hope that that can come back and then just really having a, hopefully a little bit more flexibility in our programming because we can start to kind of move around a little more freely and utilize right. our campus for what it is. I 100% agree. We kind of feel like we're at a standstill right now too, uh, even with DBT groups. And so it's, it's kind of, uh, you know, do you have them back in person? Do we go back online? So lots of different, have you, have y'all done an online group? yet or um we haven't so we we did have to kind of adapt to some of the programming had to be um, like for sure family therapy sessions had to go online uh zoom calls and go to meetings oh, right um and then there there was a for a little while we had to kind of separate and and do some groups like uh through zoom um, okay some folks pay, you know popping on the screen and facilitating groups that way. It was challenging. Yes. <laughs> right? Yes. Yes. Uh, lots of your own DBT skills having to be worked out in the DBT yeah. sessions. So even it's not as simple as just like giving a handout online. You have to, yeah. there's lots of screen sharing and technology. So, yeah. uh, and if you can't see every, you know, you gotta make sure you see everybody and um, but I think we, we, it was my coworker doing a lot of that and she did a, a wonderful job. Wonderful. I, she gets the gold star for that for sure. Uh, <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for joining us uh, today and, and talking about TK. I'm serious. I, you're, you're one of my go-tos for sure for referring and, uh, and, and I have mentioned I've, I've visited, it's just beautiful. Um, but it's not just the beauty of, of it. It doesn't feel institutionalized either. I love that as well. Um, but you're still getting that consistent care. Um, clients who have said in the past have said it felt a little bit like camp. 
Um, mm-hmm. Of course, there's a little bit more rigidity around it just because of safety and, and other things that are going on. But uh, there are freedoms that are allowed as you progress through the program, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. And and I just I I think you'll do a wonderful job of, of really staying true to DBT and incorporating other other resources and and just being creative, um, mm-hmm. with, with it as well. So, uh, yeah. again, it's, it's, I don't know anyone else like you. So <laughs> thank you so much. Yes. Well, um, I hope to have you on again, just to talk more about just your love of DBT and, and even what you do outside of TK, but still we appreciate you representing TK today and please tell them thank you. And, and for having us. So absolutely. Well, I hope to talk with you again and thanks so much. All right, take care. Well, thank you again, Emily, for stopping by. What a great resource. We are so, so thankful that TK or Timberline Knowles was able to stop by and send us such a great resource. If you want to find out anything else about Timberline Knowles, please visit their website at TimberlineKnowles.com. They are part of so many different parts of social media. In fact, they have a wonderful YouTube channel. So if you want to find out more, just search them. They have skills, resources, tips and tricks, little five minute videos that really are helpful, well produced. And again, this is all, our podcast is not a replacement for therapy. It never is. But we want to talk about resources that are not just here in the Kansas City area, but of course, across the United States and where anywhere honestly if you're doing dbt we want to hear from you and we want to support you and get your name out there i tell you tk is doing a great job themselves so it really is a pleasure for us to be um again with them thank you so much tk for all of your hard work um again i have no affiliation with them but i am very much uh, a fan for sure so um, if you are looking for a therapist in your area, please reach out to us. Find us at findingmiddlepath.com. You can also try things like Meet Monarch, and that's uh, a great resource to find a therapist in your area that might take your insurance. And actually, it'll show you who has openings that day. And then also Psychology Today is a great resources. So if you need help, please reach out to us. We are so thankful for all of our listeners and so, so thankful that you continue to show your love for us. We love you so much and know that you are very loved by by us for sure. So thank you again and we will talk with you soon. Bye.